You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Well, good morning. It's good to be with you as we conclude our Time After Time series today. And it's going to be a full week this week, and I hope that you will, will join us. In terms of worship, we'll be worshiping on Thursday night at 6 o'clock for our Holy Thursday worship service And then again, on Good Friday, Friday of this week, we're having a tenebrae service, which means a service of shadows, where we will be extinguishing light throughout the service as we remember the light of Christ being extinguished on the cross. Uh, We'll talk more about what else is going on this week, but I certainly want to see you back for worship. Today is Palm Sunday, or if if we're being honest in the Gospel of Luke, it is Cloak in the Road Sunday. Uh, Palms are actually not mentioned in Luke's gospel when Jesus enters into the city. So it is cloak in the road Sunday uh, if we only had the gospel of Luke. So let us enter into the word of God. It'll be on the screens. It'll be online and it's in your Bible. It's Luke chapter 19, beginning at verse 28. After he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethpage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt who has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road, and as he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all of the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I saw the conquerors riding by with trampling feet of horse and men. Empire on empire, like the tide, flooded the world and ebbed again. A thousand banners caught the sun and cities smoked along the plain and laden down with silk and gold and heaped up pillage groaned the wane. I saw the conquerors riding by, splashing through loathsome floods of war, the crescent leaning o'er its hosts and the barbaric scimitar, and continents of moving spears and storms of arrows in the sky, and all the instruments sought out by cunning men that men may die. I saw the conquerors riding by with cruel lips and 
faces wan, musing on kingdoms sacked and burned. They rode the Mongol Genghis Khan and Alexander like a god who sought to weld the world in one and and Caesar with his laurel wreath. And like a thing from hell, the Hun in leading. Like a star in the van, heedless of upstretched arm and groan, inscrutable Napoleon went dreaming of empire and alone. Then all they perished from the earth as fleeting shadows from a glass and conquering down through the centuries came Christ, the swordless, on an ass. It's a poem by Harry Kemp called The Conquerors. Jesus enters the city and the crowd is thinking, now is the time. Finally, now is the time. They lay their cloaks on the road, welcoming Jesus into the city like a king. They're thinking, now is the time. We've heard of this Jesus. We heard of his birth. When he was born, the sky was ripped asunder, and angels approached, saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on the earth. This crowd knew a certain kind of peace. It was called the Pax Romana, the Roman peace. It is the kind of peace that is afforded through bloodshed and fear and staying in line. But they had heard of this child born in Bethlehem to bring peace upon the earth. This crowd had heard of Jesus' baptism. When Jesus came up out of the waters, and again, the heavens were torn open, and Jesus heard, you are my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Now is the time where they would follow Jesus to the palace so that they, carrying swords, could hear, you are my beloved sons, I am well pleased. This is a crowd that had heard that Jesus was in the wilderness, and not even the devil's power was strong enough to turn his heart. The devil promised Jesus the kingdoms of the world, and Jesus said, no, not on your terms. So now is the time. Now is the time when the disciples will follow him so that Jesus will take what is his. Not promised by the devil, but forged with his own hands. This is the crowd shouting Hosanna. They heard that Jesus had told Herod, go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I finish my work. And now is the time where they know that Jesus is going to tell Herod for himself. He's not commanding others, go tell that fox. He will tell that fox himself and he will overthrow Herod and place his own in places of power. We heard Jesus tell a story about an older brother whom the master said, all I have is already yours. Now is the time where Jesus will take what is his because we have been laboring with him in the fields for three long years and we are awaiting our own power and privilege for being faithful to the movement. We heard Jesus tell a parable about a fig tree and how the tree was barren 
and that we should heed the advice of a gardener and wait for the proper season. Now is the time when the fruit of God's incoming reign would be seen on all of the fig trees in all of the kingdom. We heard how Judas wanted to sell the expensive ointment and give it to the poor, and Jesus corrects him. So now is the time for those of us who have been responsible, those of us who have saved, those of us who can afford ointment to finally stop wasting it on the lazy, the infirm, and those who don't take care of themselves. The crowd is shouting, Hosanna, save us, Lord Jesus. He's entering into the city, fulfilling the Zechariah prophecy. uh, prophecy. Lo, your king comes to you triumphant and victorious as he, humble and riding on a donkey. They spread their cloaks on the road and they think everything is going according to plan. Jesus is following the template. Now is the time. He said to go find a colt. And when we found one, they would give it. The Lord needs it. And it happened. Jesus was placed on the donkey going into the city. They're putting their cloaks. They're welcoming us as a political king. Everything is going according to to plan. Jesus, after entering into the city, runs into some Pharisees, and the Pharisees say, you have got to keep it down. Rome is right there. And then Jesus starts to speak truth to power. Now he's, he's supposed to speak truth to power to Rome, but I, I guess it's okay for him to speak truth to power to the Pharisees. I mean, they're, they're our own. That's a little bit different than the plan and the, and, and the formula, but, but he's still speaking truth to power. This is okay. The rocks and stones themselves will start to sing. It's a quote from Habakkuk, and it's a charge against the Pharisees. The, the quote is, alas for you who get evil gain for your house, setting your nest on high. Be safe from the reach of harm. You have devised shame for your house. By cutting off many people, you have fortified your life. The very stones will cry out from the wall, and the plaster will respond from the woodwork. This is it. The formula continues. Now, he's supposed to have said that to, like, Pilate and Herod, but the formula is still close enough. Close enough, Jesus is now going to the temple. In this formula of being the king, of overthrowing Rome, what happens? You ride a donkey to fulfill Zechariah. You go into the city. You speak truth to power. Then you go to the temple and you purchase an offering on behalf of the people to show the people that you are their candidate. Let them eat cake. You purchase the sacrifice. The more extravagant, the better. And you offer that sacrifice on behalf of the people And then that's the signal they're looking for. When Jesus goes to the temple and purchases a sacrifice, that is our signal. Grab your scarab, grab your sword. It is time to kick Rome out. So Jesus goes to the temple and he enters into where they are exchanging goods. Now is the time. And what does Jesus do? but he overturns the money-changing tables and he drives them out. Don't make my father's house a den of thieves. And I love it. At the end of Luke chapter 19, at the end of this triumphant entry, uh, entry into Jerusalem, it says that the crowd 
was spellbound. Spellbound. He was so close to being the one. Jesus was so close to being the Messiah. Riding the donkey, check. Entering into the city with power, check. Speaking truth to power, check. Going to the temple and showing us that he is our candidate. So close. So close. We tend to think that the crowd turned on Jesus on Good Friday. It started on Palm Sunday. Jesus no longer followed the template. He was no longer becoming the king that they wanted him to be. The crowd wanted him to follow in the footsteps of Genghis and Napoleon and Julius to craft a world in which they would be in charge. And he didn't because he was revealing a kind of power that they didn't expect. The word power in Luke's gospel happens over and over and over again. It's the Greek word dunamis. The first time we see it is with the birth of John the Baptist. And it says, with the spirit and the dunamis, with the spirit and the power of Elijah, John the Baptist will turn the hearts of the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. After Jesus' temptation, it says that he was filled with the dunamis, with the power of the spirit, and he began to cast out demons. He began to heal the broken. There was a dunamis, there was a power that poured out of him when a woman touched his cloak. Jesus gave his dunamis, his power to the disciples so that they could cast out demons, so that they could continue the work. Luke Powery, the dean of the Duke Chapel, uh, Duke University, says this, The dunamis of Jesus was to make things right in the world, to return broken bodies to physical wholeness, to return disturbed minds back to emotional wholeness, to repair communities to their fullest. What these disciples witnessed defines a king who attempted to restore the lives of people after violence was brought into the world, not in order to bring more violence to it. That's the power of God. And if we rewind the clock We can see this power happening over and over and over again. It's not about chastising Mary for her expensive ointment, but it's to take the power of Christ with our own hands to perpetually be with the poor. It's not about chastising Mary for how she's using her gifts. It is about you taking it upon yourself to use yours. Judas, you're upset that she didn't sell that for 300 denarii for the poor? Well, then Judas, go get your perfume and you sell it for 300 denarii and you go serve the poor. Leave her alone, Jesus says. It's not about having a seat of power at the master's table, but the power to restore a younger brother who is thought to be dead and who is alive. It's not about the power to bring the harvest of the best figs that the world has ever seen, but the power of God's love to know that a weed, if you remember, a weed is simply an unloved flower growing in the wrong place, and in the kingdom of God, there ain't no weeds. It's not about unseeding Herod so that your guy can be in the Oval Office. It's about recognizing that political power is not the only power at work in the world today. 
It is not about rejecting the devil's power to turn stones into bread, but the power of Christ to become the bread upon whom we feast. It is not about picking up the devil's temptation to jump from the temple. It is the power of Christ to become the temple and to rebuild it after three days. This whole time after time series has been about recognizing that now is the time to prepare for a resurrection power. And we do that, we do that through service. We serve God by serving our neighbor. If we don't serve, then we will not recognize resurrection. We will get to the tomb, and we will think that the power of God is the power to roll a stone away, and we will stop our journey. Resurrection is more than seeing an empty tomb, more than seeing that Jesus isn't there. It's about seeing where Jesus is. The power of God is not to, sto- to roll the stone away. We can do that. We get enough dudes. We can roll a stone away. We think if we don't serve one another, we think that resurrection is about seeing an empty tomb, but it is about experiencing Christ. Stop li- looking for the living among the dead. If we do not serve, we will not recognize resurrection. We will be like the disciples at the beginning of the book of Acts. At the beginning of the book of Acts, they have been with Jesus for 40 days. And they say, now. Now is the time. Is now the time when you will take over the kingdoms of the world? Is, is now the time when you will build your theocracy? Because Jesus, you're resurrected. You're like the, the army and Lord of the Rings. Like, you, you know, no one's going to beat you. Like you're, you're like, you're this phantom. No one's going to. Now is the time. And not only did Jesus say, never is the time. Jesus ascended and left He blessed them, and he said, I'm going to be at the right hand of the Father. Not only is now not the time to overthrow the powers and principalities and those in office, not only is now not the time to seek earthly power, I'm donezo, and he ascends, and he leaves. If we don't serve, if we don't have our hands busy, being the gospel in action, we will be like the disciples where we spend time with the resurrected Lord. And even then we keep asking now, is now the time? Is now the time when you're going to overthrow everything? We do not shout Hosanna, save us without actively participating in our own salvation in the salvation of our brother. We do not spread our cloaks in the road without recognizing that if a cloak is good enough to be spread on the dusty ground in recognition of Jesus's kingship, It's certainly good enough to be given away to someone who does not have a cloak at all. We do not follow Jesus without following him to the cross, without following him sacrificially. And that pilgrimage begins today. It begins today, right after worship, we're getting our hands busy to serve God by serving one another. And then it will continue Monday at 1245 at Plantation Park. It will continue Tuesday at the Bozier Lighthouse at 5.30 in the evening. It will continue Wednesday from 10 to noon at the Renesting Project. And then again from 1 to 3 at the Hub. 
And then it will continue again Thursday night at 6 o'clock as we gather to share communion with one another. And then it will continue again as we gather here Friday night at 6 o'clock to enter into the darkness of the tomb, knowing that that is not where we will tarry. It is not where we will dawdle, but we have to walk through it. And then on the seventh day, we will rest because we will need it. Because the story will continue on Easter Sunday, the story of life. The story that is not about not finding Jesus in a tomb, but the story of finding Jesus where you are and sharing Jesus with everyone. The crowd wanted Jesus to join the hallowed ranks of Genghis and Julius and Attila and Napoleon. But then all they perished from the earth as fleeting shadows from a glass. And conquering down through the centuries came Christ, the swordless, riding on an ass. May we be those servants beginning today to bring about a kingdom that is forged in the power of Christ, the power that heals the broken, a power that brings community together, a power that has continued through the centuries even to today. May that pilgrimage, may that journey begin now. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us pray.